comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. USA, Iran, post-show. I am Jordan Wiegand and with me today, uh, somebody that took uh, the holiday off. It's it's Logan. Uh, Jordan, you better be careful. It's Iran. Um, I said that. I said Iran. Okay. Yeah, okay. Iran. You didn't run. Where did you run from? Um, Iran, right? That's what it's yeah. Uh, I think we should uh, just call them uh, the I team from now on. But um, Jordan, yeah, I'm was... back. It's fun. Like I, I actually got to watch some games over the Thanksgiving <laughs> holiday. It's been it was great. Yeah, yeah, I bet that that's uh. Hey, I'm I'm glad you're uh you're back here. Um, but yeah, this was uh this was a good scary game right i mean mm. like <laughs> we're gonna celebrate of course because we're back back in the round of 16 everything feels great but there are some legitimate criticisms i think we can have with how this team was set up in the second half and uh how the rest of this game played out because there's a few close calls uh that happened in this game and funny is that there was a certain point i was at the bar uh, which is like an official U.S. watch party location. And uh, I was there, and uh, they had most of the TVs on Fox, and they had one TV on FS1. And uh, when they switched over from the England game to FS1, that was 30 seconds ahead of the Fox feed. So there was a while where uh, <laughs> I'm reacting to the results on the TV on FS1 while everybody else is reacting to Fox. So I was ahead of everything. Like there was this one part where in the 93rd minute an, an Iran player heads it wide. And I was like, Oh my God. And then 30 seconds later you hear, Oh, you know? And I'm like, we like <laughs> nobody else was watching that screen. It was just me watching that screen. And, at one point, they flipped that screen back over to Fox, too. And uh, so then we were all on the same screen, which was a little frustrating because I, I thought I had the edge. But, man, that was a whirlwind of a game. Let's look at some of the positives of this thing, which is, Logan, th this stat was mind-blowing 
for me, and I think I tweeted it out as well. But this is the first time in 92 years that the U.S. men's national team has had multiple shutouts at a World Cup. 1930 was the last and only time. The first World Cup ever was the last and only time that we had had multiple shutouts. And I was just reading about that 1930 World Cup, and if anybody has time, go read that. That thing was crazy. Our manager, like, tripped and set off chloroform in his pocket, knocked himself out. Like it was a wild world cup. You can find a thread of it that I think I retweeted, but it was uh, just the the fact that that is a stat when we've had so many good goalkeepers and and we kind of had this question right throughout the whole qualifying process of who's the keeper going to be. And it ends up being Matt Turner. Uh, Stefan doesn't get the journey to Qatar, but we get this great moment where there's two shutouts. I think the England game was the first time we ever shut out a European team. Like those are the kind of stats that are just wild with when we've looked at our legends of Casey Keller, Tony Miola, uh, you know, Tim Howard, and just like the goalkeepers we've had at a world cup. Uh, Mind boggling to know that. And I don't even know if that's fully Turner. You know, the defense has been playing so well. He hasn't been under pressure as much. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you if you look at the defense, and you and I talked about this, uh, and I texted you because um, I I was lucky I got on my lunch break <clears throat> to watch like the first half, um, and so like I remember I texted you and I said um, really like that CCV is going to start. And you're like, you know, I'm indifferent. Walker could have started. CCV could have started. I think Aaron Long is pretty much there just in case something happens. Um, but with Tim Reed playing as well as he has. I mean, Jordan, they, they've like fortified this back line in a back line that was in such shambles when we came into the World Cup. We were talking about like, oh my gosh, do you go with Aaron Long with how bad he's been? Or do you hope that somebody like Walker or Tim Ream could really step up and solidify a spot? I thought it'd be more Walker. It ends up being Tim Ream. Tim Ream's look like... Yes, Ream has been... <laughs> if, Ream, if Ream was 25 years old, he'd be getting a big move after this. Like, yeah. he's been like lights out player for us in the back and uh yeah Cameron Carter Vickers was better than I thought he would be I I thought it was a little tough to know that we barely ever played him in qualifying I don't think he played at all in qualifying and then here he comes starting his first game (laughs) at a world cup in a do or die win I was like oh this is this is stressful and there was one moment where he kind of got like yeah he kind of bought into a move that almost set up a goal but on the whole, he was really good. And then, uh, you know, we brought in we brought in uh, Zimmerman, too, to, to help close it out when we started playing five in the back. You know, Zimmerman's better aerially, so that was something that I was kind of worried about, too. But, you know, we, to, to, during the first, like, 75 minutes of the game, Iran barely had chances for uh, for us to worry about having, like, set pieces to defend against and using Tim uh, using Zimmerman. So yeah, Cameron Carter Vickers played very well. You know, he's been somebody that people have been calling for in this team for a long time. And he really came out and showed out. I don't know what we do going forward for Netherlands. I, again, I'm kind of indifferent. I think it can be either or him and him and Zim. Uh, but I think Reem is a must back there against the Dutch. And I think that not to get too far ahead of ourselves, we'll talk about it later too. But I think we will see something very similar to how we set up against England, setting up against 
I think that's going to be the style we play against any big team is kind of how we played against England. Yeah. I think it, I mean, it suits us well. Uh, it felt more of like, it was more, <clears throat> I guess, reactionary uh, with the United States against England, but it was more, I think also, I, I thought the U S did a nice job of attacking early and then um, kind of what they did in this game. Uh, I, we'll get into like the back half of the game, <clears throat> which is some cause for concern, but um I thought, you know, and the thing about this U.S. team is, and we've talked about this through qualifying, we've talked about it through friendlies, it just this team does not play in 90 minutes. And I think that's age. I think that has a lot to do with inexperience, um, which I do think, and, you know, this doesn't help in this World Cup, I don't think, but it helps in the long run in 2026, right? Uh, we're kind of thinking in this mentality of a sprint, not a marathon. I think the marathon is – the U.S. actually looking like a legitimate contender for the World Cup in 2026 because it's here in the U.S. Um, but there's a lot of things that need to happen that we can kind of talk about as we get into this next round, um, which it's glaringly obvious what our problem is. But I, I think uh, with that being said, Jordan, the midfield and the pressure and the press, we don't back down from anybody. I think that has a lot to do with inexperience because they're hungry. They just go out there and play. They're kids. They don't know what's going on half the time. So I think it has its benefits, but it also has um, some of the issues. But I think what you said, Jordan, going forward, if we line up like we did against England, I think we could compete. I mean, England, seriously, England is a top three or four team in this tournament. So getting to compete, I mean, they scored three on Wales and they smashed Iran. Uh, we went up against the you know Titan of the group and we didn't back down a bit. Probably looked better than they did. I thought we played better than they did. We deserved three points, I think. Um, and I know a lot of the guys I talked to today at work because I work for a British company, they were like, yeah, you guys should have won. Uh, you guys were clearly the better team. So we can beat anybody in this tournament. And Greg said that all along. So I'm excited yeah. about this next group. Yeah, you know, mission accomplished in the sense of uh, I wanted to get I, I think the bar was get out of the group. We cleared that hurdle. And now it's all just playing with house money. We're not going to be the ones under pressure against the Dutch. The Dutch are going to be the ones that are going to be facing media scrutiny that are going to be the heavy favorites. And just like the England game, we're, we're not going to have to worry about that. Uh, we can go and kind of play freely, I think, and see, see how it goes. The Dutch are going to like to have the ball. We're going to have to try to pressure them. We're going to have to try to get the ball and probably counter a lot, um, which might change how we, how we, uh, set up, I guess. And uh, we got some injuries to worry about. Um, but let, let's talk about the goal. The goal that sends us through. Christian Pulisic has his land on event 2010 moment, but he does it like 45 minutes earlier, which was great. Uh, didn't want to save it till the 90th minute. And here like he is. the Phenom guy, right? He's like the LeBron James of soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the LeBron James of soccer is uh, scored a goal, his first World Cup goal, um, and uh, he, he assisted the other goal in the first game with Wales, so he's been involved in both goals. He left injured with some abdominal pain. Uh, other people said he, he kind of got need in the balls, so that's kind of where we're at with, with Pulisic. He has posted a picture from the uh hospital let me see if i can share this real quick uh that's that's what i want uh let's see if i can find that 
You could say that this goal was ballsy, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can, huh? Yeah. Um, okay, this this is the uncensored version. I mean, the censored version, sorry, uh, of this tweet here. But Pulisic, so effing proud of my guys. I'll be ready Saturday. Don't worry. Prayer, 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 heart, heart, heart emojis. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> that is from Christian Pulisic there. Um, lay, laying it all out. Uh, he FaceTimed the group uh, after the win. Weston checked on him and he said, you best know I'm going to be playing Saturday. So we'll see. I mean, Reyna has said he's been healthy this whole time and Greg hasn't played him. So we'll see how cautious they are with Pulisic. But this is the World Cup. Not really time to be cautious, especially now there's no more group stage games. It's win and you're in, lose and you're out. I think Pulisic probably does start. Another injury we have to kind of be concerned about is Josh Sargent, who kind of landed awkwardly on his ankle and had to get subbed out at a point. So I'm not sure how that's going to go for uh, Josh Sargent. Because, um, uh, Logan, he played a hell of a game. He's the striker for us. I, I don't care if he's actually scoring or not. He's been holding up the ball well. He's been great creating chances, getting movement, taking shots at times. There was a few times where all of the U.S. players held on to the ball a little too long. But I think Sargent played very well, so I'm hoping he's healthy because it is a huge drop-off when we put Haji right in, who I thought was probably the worst player on the pitch for the USA at least because he, I saw him jogging around. There was one time the ball was like, uh, there was a chance he could have got the ball and he's jogging to it instead of sprinting. He had fresh legs and the Iran players were able to get to it. And, you know, it, it's just stuff like that. It, he doesn't create much both in the England game and in this game. I understood bringing him. We talked about that during the roster drop. I understood bringing him for the goals he's been scoring in Turkey, but it doesn't seem like it's translating to this level. And uh, even when we have to hold up the ball, it's not really something he's doing. Um, I'm just hoping that in four years, we have somebody else next to Sargent that can come into the game and make a big difference. Maybe that person will be Pepe. Uh, Pepe, I think, still should have been on this team. Uh, we haven't seen Jesus fair. I think at that point, uh, I'd rather have Pepe on the bench than Jesus Ferrer because I think Pepe is going to be in this team in a longer term. And I think that if there's somebody I want to put in, if we need a goal, it'd be Pepe. So uh, now against the Dutch where Pepe plays in the Dutch league. Like, I don't know, this, this seems to make sense for me to have uh, Pepe in the squad here, but we don't. Um, if Sargent's not ready, I'm assuming it's going to be Haji, right? And then we're going to sub in uh, Jesus if we need a goal, I guess. I don't know how this is going to play out. I was kind of hoping at one point we would have subbed out Sargent, put Weya center, and put Reyna on the right. Um, we still don't really know what's going on with Reyna there. I'm not buying into the Eric Wanada fantasy story of Greg and him having a falling out. We, we, we just talked about – I'm not sure if we talked about it right before we started or not, but Reyna, or if we were on his show, but Reyna was like smiling and, and laughing with Greg today, so doesn't seem to be – a big issue and 
you know, Claudio Reyna and Greg Berhalter are like best friends for like 20 years. So I, I don't think that's going to be anything. And Winalda had to come out and clarify that, guess what? He didn't actually talk to Claudio about this and how it was all kind of speculation, which is why I didn't jump on it. If you follow our Twitter, I did not jump on this story because I considered the source. If you're new to the U.S. soccer scene, Eric Winalda has done this before. He's stoked flames before. So I... I held off on that story, but um, yeah, I guess I just rambled on for a lot there. How about the strikers, Logan? Tell me your thoughts on, you know, what we expect to see against the Dutch and uh, you know, just your thoughts on the strikers total. Uh, the Dutch play kind of in a back three system. I know Ake, um, BBD, and I forget their other back, but um, I know they play in like a three back set. So I think it actually benefits Josh Sargent. Um and honestly, Jordan, I think what, what fans forget to realize, and they can look at the output, right? One goal in three matches is not ideal, obviously. But if you look at it realistically, Iran and Wales sat back and kind of bunkered against the United States. England, actually, once they found out the U.S. was going to be formidable, I think kind of hunkered down as well. And we're like, oh, crap, if we don't solidify the defensive end, then we really are susceptible to a goal and maybe a loss here. So... That's one thing. Another thing is Sargent has been absent from this team through all of qualifying, right? He hasn't had this run with Timothy Weah. Weah hasn't really played in that kind of uh, pivotal role that he's become. I mean, Jordan, anytime now, I honestly look at it, and what's crazy to me is that left side going down the pitch with McKenney and Pulisic is actually the weaker side. Now that Dest is playing so well, that uh, Musa's playing so well, that Timothy Way is playing so well, like that side of that pitch is the strongest uh, and, and quick and explosive. The other side is kind of in that like more creative, more possession based. It's kind of fun to watch because it's like two different teams playing in the attack together. But I think with Sargent, I think you're right, Jordan. I think he's the number nine right now. Like I, there, there's just things that he does. And yes, he doesn't score the glamorous goals like you would want a nine, but if you ever watch, go back and watch the highlights. Any ball that's a 50-50, Josh Sargent is going to win that 50-50. There's, there was a couple times right in the middle of the pitch, right in crucial areas where Pulisic and Musa and McKinney like to run, that Sargent kind of boxes out guys and gets mm -hmm, in front yep. of them and knocks them out of the way because he's so big and he knocks people out of the way. And then he's great at holding up possession. I think he's phenomenal. He gets in the, like this position where he sits, holds, and he looks for his distributions down the wings. And he often finds Dest or Musa, or if it's going to be Jedi or McKenney or Pulisic. Like, I, I really do think that he does things that not others, you know, other strikers do struggle with, and that's distribution. I think he's one of the best distributors as of nine. Maybe he doesn't get those goals, but with how way it looked and how good Pulisic's looked, I, I mean, I think that this is a formidable group in the attack. And I think the Dutch, while they are good defensively, I do think they're going to have a little bit more of that we are trying to attack, leaving it wide open, yeah. like Twelman said today. So, or uh, not Twelman, it was uh, Holton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I wanted to kind of jump in there with you said the left side. There, there was a lot of times where I felt like Anthony Robinson looked good, and then there were some mm -hmm. times where he didn't. Like he does his that. touches yeah. on the ball would go thirty yards in front of him, and you're like, ah, oh, like we could have done more there. Then he, but then the flip side of that, he like kept a ball in that was going out of play yep. and was able to kind of whip it back in. But that's kind of the frustration we get with Anthony Robinson at times. Um, that's not going to change, right? Like uh, that's, 
that's probably how it's going to be. Uh, and yeah, that, that left side is kind of like where they would go down a few times, but there wasn't really a lot of space there in this game. And and then, like I said before, just, I think there was a play Pulisic had very early in the game where he's making a run um, and he had Sargent for the pass and he kept dribbling a second too long and he had three Iranians around him and lost the ball. And that is the kind of thing that, uh, you know, as, as much as we love Christian and how huge he's, there's there still parts of his game that need to evolve. Let's not even talk about set pieces that are still a struggle of him getting out over the first man. Or when they were doing that playground one where they had, you know, the training ground mm-hmm. one where, where he put it low on the ground for a player to come run up on and he didn't put enough on it. There's still some stuff wrong with the set pieces and I don't know who else can take them. Like we don't see that a lot of times. Brendan does better, uh, but he's not starting. So I don't know who we put in that starts the game. uh, That's going to be able to take set pieces better than Christian, but there's gotta be somebody We're, we're losing too many attacking opportunities by not having uh, legitimate chances on corners. Every time it was a corner, it doesn't feel like a real chance. You know, for some teams, you're like, okay, here's a chance. They're going to whip it in. You got like three big men up there who can head it in. Great. With, with Christian, it's hitting the first player, and then our defense is immediately having to head back to make sure that they don't give up um, a goal. So that that's kind of a frustration that I've been having with the set pieces. We've talked about it. Um, throughout the throughout the shows. They got better a little bit with England, and then there was just nobody in the box, but it kind of regressed again today, so I'm not sure uh, what's going on with the set pieces. And then again, I think just sometimes he holds on to the ball too much instead of looking to make that pass, um, that killer pass. I think he could have put Sargent through, like, I don't know, that was probably like 10 minutes into this game, and we could have had a really good chance of putting it away early and often. Um. Otherwise, really good game for him. 45 minutes, uh, you know, <laughs> laid his body out on the line for the goal and uh, was in the hospital, uh, as we talked about. And he's uh, he says he's going to be ready. So I guess we'll see how it goes from there. It's kind of a little scary hearing he, he was in the, <laughs> that he was in the hospital. Um, I think Anderson's a Brazil fan. fan so I'm going to guess, yeah. Um, but no, I, I think what you said is right, though. And how old is Christian? He's only 24, right? Yeah, 20, 24. As weird as that sounds. Also, happy birthday, Eunice Musa. It's <laughs> right. his 20th birthday today, and he's playing in a World Cup. A Logan, God. the next time we have a World Cup, he'll be 23 That's... since it'll be in the summer. And he, he'll he still be able to play in the 2030. He'll be 27 <laughs> at that point, And he'll probably be able to play in the 2034. Like, this is... Moose is going to be playing for this team for a long time. And uh, he looked a little gassed today. I probably would have taken him out at some point. There were so many times where I thought I saw him make a, like if he lost the ball and he had to like put his head down a bit and he's like, I got to run. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Now I have to run and catch up because. So I, I think some of that was just, if we want to transition a bit to the bad, let me just get one more good thing out here, Logan. We've only given up one goal, and it was not an open play. It was a penalty kick. 
late in the game against Wales that we've given up. Otherwise, our defense, otherwise we'd have three straight shutouts and we would have probably topped the group and our, uh, that would have been a record by itself on how great this defense is. And uh, another thing with this defense and having the uh, only conceding one goal from open play, one goal from not open play, I don't know. That's just incredible. If you would have told me England scored nine goals in the group stage, I would have thought one or two was against <laughs> us. The fact that we shut yeah. them out is like making me feel a lot better about that England draw. Maybe making me feel worse about the, the Wales draw. Uh, but what are you going to do? It was a penalty. Not much you could do there. And Zimmerman made up for it today. I don't want to hear anybody complain about it. There was a ball in the 98th minute that slips through Turner and is slowly dribbling into the net that Zimmerman Ugh. comes and Ugh. pours out. And I thought for sure it was over. I thought for sure. And I was pissed because I said, now we don't, we've taken out all of our attackers to put in defenders and now we can't even push forward. But luckily Zimmerman was there to clear it. We were able to, uh, to get the points. And also when you're in a bar and I couldn't hear everything correctly, when the ref whistled at the end, I thought he was pointing towards the penalty spot because Zimmerman was Zimmerman or Reem was also yelling at him. So I had no idea what was going on, but he was blowing the final whistle. But you know how they always do like up in the air yep. and then they also do the out in the air. Right, you know, they like point, out. Yeah. yeah. And he's walking towards the box and Zimmerman's arguing with him. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa this isn't a penalty, is it? And it was close. Uh, it wasn't a penalty, but Cameron Carter-Vickers does put his arm on his shoulder you don't want to give them a reason, right? And we almost did, but luckily we're good. Weya did score a goal that was deemed offside. The automated thing shows it was offside. And I thought live time it was offside. Um, so I didn't celebrate that. Everybody in the bar was celebrating and I was like, no, that's off. And then it was off. So it looked a lot closer than it was in my head, but <laughs> that was, that was that. So that's all the good. Any any other good stuff before we move on to some of the bad? Yeah, uh, Serginio Dest, um, I thought, played the most complete game that he's played in a long time. Uh, there's times where Serginio just kind of like fizzles, and he, he's oftentimes quiet. And when he gets involved in the attack, he's actually a lot better. Um, and he played really well defensively. There were times where uh, uh, he makes some really good stops. I guess you keep, you've keep kept saying it, uh, and I'll just keep saying it again. There were moments, Jordan, where Tim Ream saved our ass. Uh, there were moments where he just sticks a boot in. Uh, there was one towards, I think it was towards the end, like in the 80-something minute or 90-something minute, where he kind of just flicks his right foot out and knocks the ball away. And it, you don't know how big that is in the moment, but there's a guy charging in that's just going to slot that in right past Matt Turner. But because Tim Ream's there, it's just it's nullified. I mean, he just completely has just – taken over the back line and Jordan if Tyler Adams hadn't been named captain and they were kind of doing the rotational thing I think Tim Ream deserves that armband like I think if they weren't doing it, but again the way that Tyler Adams has played I think now Jordan they finally realize um he is probably the top six in the world maybe which is wild to say that we have a top player in the world at his position but I think Tyler Adams is putting his name in there as one of the tops I mean there's there's a couple guys that I would slot in beside him but Man, is he good. Yeah, you're welcome. And that was my pick going it into was your World pick. Cup yeah. on who would have an outbreak uh, breakout tournament. Leeds fans love him. Gary Lineker was talking him up over there. Uh, a lot of that. Uh, David Moyes was talking him up over in uh, over in England as well of being the best player on the pitch during that USA-England game. So, uh, yeah, Tyler Adams has been phenomenal. And anytime 
uh, my dad was saying this to me before too. Just like any time that there's a breakaway, and you see Tyler Adams tracking back, you feel pretty good that he's going to get there and close it down. So I, I, you know, he he has been phenomenal. Update here: Christian Pulisic has been diagnosed with a pelvic contusion, and his status is day to day. That was just posted by the U.S. Men's National Team on Twitter. So uh, pelvic c- contusion. I'm going to Google that. We also have news on Weston McKinney. Weston McKinney is healthy and should be good to go. Suffered some kind of quad injury that he's been dealing with, but they said he should be good to go the full game on Saturday. So, uh, I'll say a contusion <clears throat> is a uh, bruise, a right? Hit. Yeah, it's a bruise uh, on the bone along the brim of the pelvis and its surrounding structures. You know, everybody's talking about you know, getting hit in the balls, but it seems like it, it always, I didn't even notice that at first. I kept seeing people make jokes about how he's never going to have kids again. And I was like, I thought he like hit his like hip, but yeah, I guess, I guess he did. But um, like that eventually wears off, you know, like just getting hit in the hit in the junk uh, eventually wears off. So I didn't think it would be, if he was going to be going to the hospital, there was no way I thought it would be because of that. So the, the hip contusion makes um, more sense, I guess the pelvic contusion. Um, okay. Let's kind of transition to the bad. I was very frustrated with how the second half played out. Uh, you could say part of it's without Pulisic. Uh, I don't know. We don't know how this game plays with it, but I think Greg kind of goes for the same setup, no matter who's on the field. He went to close this game out and it was kind of similar to the Wales game trying to close it out. But, you know, unlike the Wales game, we didn't give up. We didn't give a penalty in this sense, but, you know, uh, making some defensive subs, uh, I was fine with, like I said, Zimmerman coming in. Look, we've talked up Shaq more before at times. I kind of thought he wasn't going to see the pitch much. Uh, the fact that he's come in as many times as he has the England game in this game. And both times, I think he's been one of the worst players on the team. I just don't think he's up to this level at this point. I think, you know, maybe we should be trying. We're, we're Scally at. Uh, I think he can play right and left. Like, let's get Scally and let's get. I'd probably even take Yedlin over Shaq Moore right now. There was there were so many chances where Shaq Moore was just uh, really struggling um, at times, and uh, uh, also having issues. There was one time we whipped the ball in to the box, Aronson did, and it was literally just Shaq Moore up top. And that's the frustration, not really that's not really on Moore's fault. That's the frustration on the team. But we, you know, when you have Shaq Moore as the only attacker up there with Brendan Aronson and Haji Wright, it, it kind of you're like, ah, maybe we shouldn't have taken out everybody. <laughs> at this point because a second goal really would have killed it and uh, I feel like we really needed a second goal I guess we didn't need it because we got through without it but could you imagine if we conceded one of those goals at the very end of this game and just the whole feeling of the World Cup just falling out like a lead balloon that is uh that's kind of the frustration that I had is having, uh, you know, Shaq Moore up there for an attack near the end of the game. Uh, it was, you know, and he rips it into the stands. It, it was, 
I was just saying, Logan, while, while you were stepped away for a second, that the, the Shaq Moore, it's not really his fault on some of this when he's the only player up there with Brendan and Haji randomly and it, the ball falls to him in the box. That's kind of one, again, the sub, making a sub where you're immediately taking out somebody that can maybe help the team a little bit more. So that was kind of something that was frustrating is, okay, we finally got an attack. Oh, and Brendan crosses it in. But it's not Haji in the middle. Uh, he's kind of running right behind Brendan or something. And then you have, uh, <laughs> and then you have uh, uh, Moore in the middle of the box who hits it over the bar. And you're like, well, there kind of goes that attack. That was kind of like, I I just said I feel like we needed a second goal, and technically I'm wrong because we got through without a second goal. But I was, could you imagine if we'd given up? one of those goals at the end there as, and we just kind of invited Iran to have the ball, have the pressure. They did not have really good attacks until we started seeding the ball to them. And when we did that, it started causing heart palpitations all over the bar. I was in uh, <laughs> because they were starting to get headers wide, the ball going wide, uh, Turner making saves, <laughs> the Turner ball going past Turner and Zimmerman booting it. Like, it was starting to feel like they were knocking on the door and we were allowing them in. And that is not how we should have seen out this game. We don't know what's going on with Gio. Uh, Luca Della Torre hasn't seen the field. There's got to be somebody that could have held the ball better uh, to, you know, uh, 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 even Freira over Haji right at this point. I don't know. There's had to be somebody that can hold on to that ball because Sargent was doing really great at that. And then he had to leave injured. Yeah, it's almost like, uh, and and you're, you, I think you hit it right on the head. I think the the Shaq Moore experience is is over. I think you, at this point, honestly, I mean, you put DeAndre Yedlin in um, just because he's got the experience. Um, and I know you were saying that before I left, but like putting him in, or uh, you know, I, I think Greg gets into like these weird moments, and, and this is where I, I have some criticism of him. I think there's moments where Greg feels that he he's so proud of himself. Like, I think there's moments where he's like, there's a lot of pride that goes with some of the selections that he made. And I, I don't think it's become, it should become a pride thing. The Haji Wright thing. If I'm looking at this today and I'm watching this game and I'm going into the next round and heck, what if the U S wins that game? I think you look at that and go, I'd much rather take my chances with Jesus Ferreira up top, knowing that he's going to press high. He's going to chase people all over the place and put so much pressure. And you said it early on the podcast where Haji Wright looked like he was jogging. There were moments where he just looked like befuddled and didn't know where to go. I don't know if it was like lack of wanting to be there or wanting to try or if he's nervous or whatever it was. It just seemed like he just wasn't the same kind of player that you would expect on a national team that really was going to put his effort forward and try to you know pressure the the attacking players or the defenders at that point when the, when the ball's up at the top and they're trying to pressure high um, and get the ball back in a good spot. But I don't know, Haji Wright, really unimpressive. Um, and I think this is where Greg also lacks Jordan. You and I've talked about this 150 times on this podcast. Greg lacks to adjust. He just doesn't know how to adjust. It's like he overthinks things where he gets in his head and he's like, either there is weird adjustments where he tries to change things and you're like, what the hell is that? Or there's nothing. And then he subs on guys too late. I think they said the Wales game was much more of that, where it was like, we decided to sub guys on too late. 
in the game when you could have used fresh legs. The England game, Aronson doesn't step on the field to the 75th minute. He's the first substitute. Then we have in the the next batch of subs coming in like the 83rd, 84th minute. That's, that's not what we need, right? Like we need to make these calls earlier. He makes them a little earlier today. And I think that's because he had a lead. Um, and it's the last game and you need a win. I think that's the only reason he made substitutions that early. I think if we were cruising two, three nil, I think he still probably waits until like the 80th minute to make a sub 75th minute. Um, and plus he was forced to put somebody in for Pulisic at halftime. That's the earliest sub he made. Um, I think in qualifying, he hooked people at 45 if, if they were struggling, though, right? Wasn't, like, Haji pulled at halftime? I think he pulled somebody before halftime or something, like 33 minutes or something weird. I remember there was a game where Yeah, he that may have been a friendly, but I, I for yeah. sure know World Cup qualifying. I think he pulled Haji 45 minutes in and was just like, nope. Or they, yeah. they may have been friendlies, too, but I don't know. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, okay, so we've talked about kind of the bad with the attackers. Um We've talked about bad with some of the some of the substitutions. Uh, any other really bad things that you saw in this? I so here's where I've kind of leaned on, and I've seen a lot of people say this today on like best soccer show. I was watching them. I was watching Football Americas. Right, the thing that Greg is struggling with, like you said, adjustments is the killer. The game plan is killer. Mm-hmm. Right, the the start of the game is killer. The the, the starting lineup. Yeah. The starting lineups have been great. Like, yes, I could have questioned Cameron Carter Vickers today, but he came up and he did what he needed to do. But other than that, I was kind of like, yeah, the, the lineup looks good. Like I'll, I'll take CCV. I liked him when he was at Tottenham as a, as a youngster. So I've always been rooting for him. He's finally found his spot at Celtic. So that's, that's great. Um, But yeah, so, so we had, uh, the lineups have been great. It, it really comes down to the substitutions and just those late game management, right? Late game management and subs, I think, is what we can probably put at Burhalter's feet the most. People might say the Giovanni Reina stuff, and while he is one of the most talented or potentially talented players in the squad, he's still a young kid that is constantly injured. I, I don't really think putting him in is a guarantee we score against Wales. Everybody's been kind of acting like if we put Geo in, we guaranteed we win against Wales. That's not how it works. I don't think that's a guarantee today. He comes in and scores a goal, but what he does is he runs at the players. He's going to hold the ball more. He's going to create more danger on a breakaway than Haji Wright did, or even, you know, some of these other players have. Um, but I, I understand Greg thinking, all right, let's pack it in. But the thing is, it invited so much pressure. And they see Ron team was able to put two against England, a team we weren't able to put any against. And, you know, it, that is what scared me of it. It really felt like one of those games where we thought we did everything right and we couldn't get through. Almost like the Trinidad-Tobago game in 2017 for qualifying. It really felt like that, where you're like, just winning your in, even that game was just tying your in and we couldn't do it. And uh, we kind of looked shell shocked at times. I thought uh, in this game where uh, Iran started off pretty hot too, at one point, um, I think it was like the first 10, 15 minutes where 
we the ball was just ping ponging around the field. Nobody could control it. No team. Uh, we you know both teams were going after the second balls. The ball was just bouncing around like crazy. And I was like, we gotta settle this thing down. And once we did, we started looking a lot, a lot better. Um, okay. Anything else about this game before we start previewing the Dutch and uh, previewing our chances against the Dutch? Yeah, I mean, well, I guess one thing, uh, and I'll ask you this: that sixty to sixty-fifth minute sub should always just be Brendan Aronson. I feel like I, I just feel like that he's he does everything that and this is the tough part this is the really tough part about having the the conflict between like do you continue to play sergeant or like can you really afford to take way off this world cup because he's played so well do you take Pulisic off at all like uh, is it like because I feel like Brendan is perfect for a 60 to 65th minute sub maybe it's for McKinney because he's not fully healthy maybe that's the ideal person that you go after I just feel like his presence and the magic that he's been creating at Ellen Road, I just feel like he's playing just so well and he's so confident right now that I feel like the more time he's on the pitch, the more magical things could, I guess, progress for the U.S. Just because I feel like his pressure and his ability to just seem to know where the ball is going to be really is what's missing from this team. And I feel like he's the miracle man. If somebody's going to step up, it's him. The issue with Brendan right now is when he comes into a game, he has all this energy and the rest of his midfield. <laughs> so when he's making some of these runs, there's nobody, nobody running, helping him. him. Yeah. Nobody running with him. And that was frustrating in this game as well. So we're watching the England game at the same time as we're watching the USA game. And what they, what England were doing, Phil Foden's goal in the England game, if you watch it, Avoid, ignore his hair, horrible haircut. But when you, watch, <laughs> when you watch that game, Harry Kane puts this ball across the, the six, right? And Phil Foden is there at the back post and kicks this ball in between him and the keeper. So much so, this is how confident Jude Bellingham was, that as the ball is reaching Foden, before Foden even takes a touch, Jude Bellingham starts celebrating. Right, like that's how sure that Jude was that this ball was going in. There was a play almost exactly like that a few minutes before that, as we're watching our game, and this ball goes across the box, and guess who's there? No one. No one is at the back of the post making a run to hit that ball in. And I forget who put it in. I think it may have been Wea or Dest, but somebody put this great ball across. And nobody was there to capitalize mm-hmm. on it. And that is, and I think it was in the second half for sure, because it was, it was way as second half. Yeah. Like, yep. Pulisic was off the pitch at that time. You're like, well, maybe he would have been the one that would have been running there, but Aronson would have been there too. They're yeah. The only but I two. think Aronson was, uh, he's more of a like midfield. Yeah. There, there was a time too, where Wea and a few of our players try making something happen near the corner and put the ball out of bounds themselves. Waya did it. Yeah. Waya did it. Yeah. He thought Swift. he had way more space. Yeah. And he just boots this ball out. And what I was thinking is just hit it off of the player. Hit it off the player, get a corner, get the rest of your team up here and try to whip this ball in header. Um and I think Des did it a, a time or two or um or Robinson. Jedi did it a couple times. Yes, yeah. Jedi then. Yeah. So there was a time where uh Jedi kind of tries to make a play too. And then 
Uh, Pulisic did the same thing in the first half where he takes way too much. He's at the end of the box and tries to cut it back and pass it to, I think, Jedi. And somebody cuts it out. And you're like, just hit it off the player and get a corner. Like, let's not make it harder for ourselves than it has to be. Um, that That's kind of the frustration I feel at times with this team. And again, let's commend them before we move on to looking at the Dutch because this team... Five points, I think, is tied for how many we've ever gotten out of a group. Uh, we finished this round undefeated. And uh, part of that is due to Greg's game plans to start the game. So we got to give him kudos as well. I've already said a million times, I don't care if he wins the whole thing, Logan. He's got to be gone at the end of this. And that is just for the for the locker room of national team coaches don't last as long, right? There's some teams where you see Roberto Di Matteo, right? Um, not Roberto Di Matteo, sorry. R Roberto Martinez for Belgium. They've they've had him for too long. This Belgian team is cooked. They're, they're tuned him out. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann got tuned out at one point, right? Uh, Bob Bradley got tuned out at a certain point. And each of these players, uh, each of these coaches had had like one and a half to two windows. And at certain points, it just gets stale for the players. So I, I I would say he's doing great. What I would love to see is we got out of the group. We'll, we'll see how far we can run. And then you send somebody in, a manager, for 2026 that builds off of Greg's system but is better at finishing, right? And we can start building. We can use Greg's formation as a base and just continue building. What I don't want to see is Greg gets let go. Somebody comes in and says, guess what? We're not doing that style. <laughs> and we kind of revert to something else. Like, I want to see this continue to grow, continue to build uh, with somebody. But this this team has been doing way better than I thought they would at this World Cup. And we're kind of, like you said at the beginning of the show, really setting it up for the for 2026 right um we've seen some of the english people now say oh we kind of underestimated them and we've seen um a, a lot of countries probably look at that logan we're at the point now where depending on how it goes tomorrow and with with germany's group with costa rica this might be the only team that gets out of Concacaf. canada is already done and mexico has a tough road ahead of them. And Costa Rica has, uh, with that seven goal differential has a, has a tough road ahead of them as well. And this is why I always said it didn't matter if we finish top of CONCACAF, just get in, right? Just get in and we're in and we're making some noise and that's all you can ask for. Um, we don't get much further than this. Even when we went to the uh, quarterfinals in 2002, we actually lost our last group stage game and it was against Poland. We lost like three to one and just barely made it through. Thanks to South Korea beating Portugal. And then we made a run to the quarterfinals. So this, this team can do something still. And I think that they can. And as we look ahead to Netherlands, uh, do you have some info for me on uh, what you think of the Dutch here? Yeah. So the Dutch are a pretty interesting team. Um, Jordan, they, they, they come in and they always seem to be the team that, that 
I, I think are kind of sleeper picks for a lot of people just because of the talent that you could usually produce. I know Robin Van Percy, they have Iron Robin a couple of years, you know, back in uh, what was that, 2010, 2014 when they made those, uh, yeah, it been 2014 when they made those magical runs. Um, and this is kind of that same kind of thing, right? It, it's a Netherlands team that I think has a lot to be concerned about. Uh, one in particular, Frankie de Jong, uh, top midfielder uh, in La Liga and is probably one of the top midfielders going to be moving around to one of the big teams. Um, I think big team to big team, that's what he seems to be doing. Um, so, you know, you look at this team, Jordan, they're just stacked with quality, solid, sometimes superstar players um, and a tough, tough team to draw. That being said, I do feel like it, and I think you kind of alluded to it before, we do have, I think we have a tendency to play better against talent that is far superior than ours. And I think this team has a lot of superior talent. Um, and I think that with our young age, it benefits us to play against a team like this. Because like you said, Jordan, if we go out and crash and burn, we collect what it would have been two points if we would have maybe three points, if we would have drawn or lost. Um, if you if you leave this World Cup and you're going back with three points at home, you didn't get a win, um, you didn't score a goal maybe, or you did score a goal, but then you let up a late lead, this could have been crushing, I think, confidence-wise for a lot of these young guys. Now, I mean, they shut out one of the best teams, could win the World Cup in England. Uh, you slam the door on Wales, um, and you only allow them to have one, and that was a late goal you shouldn't have let. You don't let Iran score, and they're one of the top teams, I mean, the top, like, second-level teams. Um, so you really just have a, a good resume going into this Netherlands game, and now it's just about finding, uh, I guess, enough to just battle with them and really compete. But Frankie de Jong is somebody you got to worry about. Um, Cody Gakbo um, for PSV. Eidenhoven, uh, which is a Dutch uh, league. Um, they are oftentimes up against Ajax uh, and play them pretty well. Um, I don't know where they are on the tables, but uh, Cody is only 23 years old. He's got three goals. Um, Jordan, this this team, I texted you this earlier, this team has had a hard time finding shots on target. Um, they've increased a little bit since the game two to three. I think they had four shots on target. Um, so they rounded up with eight. Um they did have four just before this uh, third game. So this team does have a tendency to not create as well. Go figure. We don't either. <laughs> so I think it'll be evenly matched. I think you don't have to worry about this team necessarily running away with it, but I think you also have to worry about the concern and, and be concerned with the fact that they do have guys like Memphis Dupai. Uh, they have guys uh, like uh, Virgil Van Dyke who can score on a corner just as easily. Um, they have Nathan Ake, who's played pretty well for the Netherlands. Um, I mean, this team is just stacked with talent um, and guys that are kind of sitting on that, like outside uh, looking in. So guys that I think kind of fly under the radar. But as far as the Netherlands, Jordan, I think this team is uh, this team's pretty damn formidable. So I think it'll be a tough game. Um, but I guess we can talk about how we kind of stack up now with it. Yeah, you want to know something interesting about Cody Gakpo? So he has nine yeah. goals and 12 assists for Eindhoven right now, who are third place mm -hmm. in the league. And Pepe right now is in uh, six goals and two assists, but in five fewer games, he actually has more goals per 90. Mm -hmm. Pepe. 
than Cody Gakpo. So just saying uh, what, what could have been. Um, but yes, uh, this uh, also, I just want to say real quick, I looked up the history of how we do in the third, third games yeah. of world cup group stages, 1990, we lose to Austria two to one. We lost all three games in 1990. Okay. 1994, we lost to Romania in the group stage, 1-0. Still got through the group. In group, nine, for 98, we lost all three games and we lose to Yugoslavia in the final group stage game. 2002, we lost to Poland 3-1 in the final group stage game. Um, 2006, we lost to Ghana in the group stage game, last group stage game, and crashed out of the World Cup. 2010, we win against Algeria 1-0. That's the Landon Donovan goal. 2014, we lose to Germany 1-0 in our last group stage game. And then we win against Iran in our final group stage game. Our second time since 1990 that we've won the final group stage match. Uh, pretty wild. And it laid out exactly the same as 2010 as I posted a tweet and Facebook post uh, earlier this um, earlier this week, how, how similar 2010 and 2022 has felt with the one nil draw um, for Wales, one nil against England in 2010, uh, a draw against another European team, England, Slovenia, and then beating the team we had to beat to get through Algeria and Iran. And we lost to Ghana in the round of 16 in 2010. So uh, maybe we can, maybe we can get past the Netherlands. We'll see. Um, I feel, I feel pretty good. Uh, look, this is all gravy from here on out for me. Um, just get, look good. <laughs> look good. I actually think this might finish one, one and we go penalties is kind of my thought on that. And I think at that point it's anybody's game, but that, that'll be my official prediction. One, one, going to penalties, a goal from Gakpo and a goal from Josh Sargent. Healthy. So I was pulling up something interesting, Jordan. Uh, shots on target against Netherlands. Um, they're in the bottom three. Shots on target or shots per 90. They're in like the bottom, looks like 10. Um, I mean, they're in the mix with like Iran, Saudi Arabia, Canada, teams well, that know- have blood up goals. Um, that first game they played, who was that against? I'm looking. Senegal? Is that Senegal? Yeah, uh, yeah Senegal. They Senegal, uh, I mean, they almost won. Uh, they almost finished that game nil-nil. They scored two late goals. Yeah, they did. Three points there. Of course, they beat Qatar. They should. And they drew with Ecuador 1-1. So, I yeah. mean, this is a beatable team. Yeah. I, I seriously think that. It's just... Can we score? This is the question that we keep coming back to and is the question that I think will haunt us until the 2026 World Cup, and hopefully we have it sorted out by then. But we need – we don't have a Donovan or a Dempsey or a Brian McBride that's going to go out there and score goals. We don't have that right now. Pulisic, we're we're depending too much on the midfielders. You know, if Pulisic hadn't scored, nobody was going to score this game is kind of how it felt. Uh, so I don't know. I think this is a winnable game. I'm not saying we're going to win. I'm going to leave it as a one, one draw. We go penalties and we'll, we'll see it out from there. 
if we can hang with Belgium from 2012, uh, 2014, and Tim Howard standing on his head, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a game like that. I don't think we're going to need Turner to stand on his head. I, again, think it's going to be very similar to the England game. And if we can take our chances, we can win this game. The question is, do we take those chances? And it's going to depend on if Sargent's healthy. It's going to depend on how healthy Pulisic is. Um, but I'm so proud of this team for getting to this point Logan, everybody thought we were going to crash out of this. And I don't mean everybody worldwide. I mean our own fans who thought Burhalter was going to crash out of this World Cup. And even then, I thought when we got this draw, I was the one saying, this is not a great group. This is not like a group that I felt comfortable with. We handled our business and got out of it. That's all you can hope for. Yes, we could have probably finished with seven points if we beat Wales, but it doesn't matter anymore. The tournament starts again. Only 16 teams get to this next round, and we are one of those 16. So I feel really good. That's the most you can hope for. And if Costa Rica and Mexico crash out as well, then we'll be the ones carrying the CONCACAF banner. Yeah, I think they're very beatable. Uh, They play three in the back. Their defense is known to let up goals, so hopefully – I mean, like you said, that's our biggest concern going forward. It's not defensively, I don't think. I don't think it's the, definitely not the midfield. I think it's ended up being one of our strongest um, spots on the pitch. Um, I think a lot of it, Jordan, is just going to be, one, uh, goals and scoring goals, and two, the health of our attacking players. If Pulisic can go the full 90, if McKinney can play a full 90 and look healthy, um, if these guys kind of bounce back, they do have – I think it's a little bit of a longer break because they play Saturday instead – of I think it would have been Friday um, normally, so they like you would have had the three day break, but they've got the four ish. Um, so I, I think it, it's nice to have kind of that break um, to get guys healthy. I think a lot of it's going to have to do with uh, what they do in the attack. I it, it'll be interesting just to kind of see. Netherlands is ranked eighth in the world um, according to the World Cup, or sorry, the world rankings. Um, so if anybody was interested in kind of how they stack up against the U.S., we're sixteenth, I think, was the last rankings that were done. Um, but like you said, I mean, in this stage, in this elimination, like bracket style, like we know this very well watching MLS, Jordan, is the fact that you can lose at any moment. I mean, I, I, teams are teams at the top of the bracket are much more um, likely to kind of succumb to that pressure and fold rather than the teams that kind of come under that are just the underdogs. I mean, look at Croatia last year. And I mean, I feel like this is perfect, Jordan. I feel like this is – I mean, could you imagine, uh, just imagine a scenario where we compete with the Netherlands, feel good about it, maybe get some penalties, maybe we win, you know, maybe we are right there with them the whole time. And that gives them a load of confidence against a team that I think, I mean, could be dark horses to kind of sneak into those spots towards the end um, of this World Cup, maybe a final eight, final four team in Netherlands. So this is exciting. I think this is, I mean, I I wouldn't be afraid to lose. I'm not afraid to lose. I know no. it could happen. I know it's likely to happen. But that being said, I think this team could really shock some people. And now we're playing with house money and momentum. I'm getting my Waldo jersey tomorrow. So I am wearing You're it lucky, Saturday. Man. I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really good. It got delivered. It got delivered to my parents' house right after my dad left today. That's so he sucks. Give it to me today. That sucks. All right, here we go. Ready? Uh, because of U.S. soccer's new pay equal pay agreement, many the world cup prize money that's what we've that's what they were fighting for with the u.s men's national team advancing today both teams will receive 6.5 million 
dollars. Logan, that is more than the women's team got for winning 2015 and 2019's World Cup combined. Six million for winning both of those combined. So Pulisic not only helped out his team, he helped out the women's national team, who guess what? We'll be doing this again in the summer because the women's World Cup starts in June in Australia. And that means waking up at like <laughs> two in the morning <laughs> <laughs> for some of these matches. Um yeah, I'm gonna need to take days off or or work from home those days. Okay, here we go. Let's catch up on some of the action that has happened since I last spoke to you all on Friday. So on Saturday, Australia beat Tunisia, which was a shocker because Tunisia looked really good against Denmark and Australia looked really good against France. Uh, but Australia still alive and kicking, uh, technically, right? Uh, Poland and Saudi Arabia. Poland beat Saudi Arabia 2-0. Lewandowski scored his first ever World Cup goal after four group stage games. Um, so yeah, uh, his is his fifth group stage game. He's only made it to one world cup previously. France beat Denmark two one Kylian Mbappe playing really well. This tournament, uh, he kind of shrugged off some of the PSG rust Argentina beat Mexico two nil to kind of salvage their world cup. They were also salvaging my bracket because I had selected Argentina <laughs> to win uh group e costa rica beat japan in a huge upset after japan had beat germany crazy the way that this world cup is going right now morocco beats belgium 2-0 croatia beat canada 4-1 ending canada's world cup run uh they actually scored very early alfonso davies scoring canada's first ever world cup goal uh in the first minute of the match and then canada fell apart Spain and Germany played out to a 1-1 draw on Sunday. I was watching that while watching my Baltimore Ravens fall apart. And then yesterday, we had Cameroon versus, Ser versus Serbia 3-3 in what is probably game of the tournament at this rate. Uh, Cameroon came back from a 3-1 deficit to equalize and had a really great goal there um, to pull that off. Then Ghana beat South Korea 3-2. They had a 2-0 lead, and South Korea came storming back, and Ghana saw them out. That was Ghana's first time ever scoring three goals in a World Cup match. Brazil beat Switzerland 1-0 without Neymar, who had a really bad ankle injury. I'm not sure if he's going to really feature the rest of this World Cup. Kind of sucks in the sense of Neymar has been injured two of the three World Cups. Uh, he got his back broken in brazil and now of course this ankle injury uh portugal beat uruguay 2-0 a very controversial penalty call uh the player's arm is in a natural position and is falling down and then as dale johnson points out for espn uh, by the law that is not a penalty but var looked at it and said it is and today, Senegal beat Ecuador 2-1 to move on and save my bracket. I almost changed it to Ecuador once Mane was out, but I forgot. So thankfully for my laziness, uh, Senegal is saved uh, my bracket there. Netherlands beat Qatar 2-0. USA beat Iran 1-0, uh, and England beat Wales 3-0. So where does that leave the standings for the groups? Netherlands finished Group A in first place. Senegal finished in second with six points. 
England finished atop of Group B with uh, with seven points. USA finished second with five. Iran third with three, and Wales finished fourth with one point earned against the USA. Group C currently Poland lead the group. Logan with four points. Argentina in second with three. Saudi Arabia in third with three. Mexico has one point they can technically get through they have to face saudi arabia next if they win they will have four points saudi arabia would have three and they got to hope that poland beats argentina i think is how that works out or that they have a better goal differential than poland so there's that's a little a, bit of a path that's a big one too because the winner of group c plays the runner-up of group d and runner-up of group d right now jordan is australia um so could have ramifications for who we play if we get past the Netherlands. Yeah, can you imagine if it ended the way it does right now, Argentina would face France in the round of 16 <laughs> for what would be a killer matchup, Logan. <laughs> I would love to see that. I saw that pop up on Fox's like Twitter, like what it would currently be, and I was like, we need that. <laughs> we need Argentina-France yeah. in round of 16. Well, it might be better because it would be funny because then Australia would then play – uh, uh, they would play Poland. Poland, yes. yeah. Well, <laughs> Australia could play Poland, and Poland That's... would feel pretty darn good <laughs> about say. that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Group D. We just mentioned France leads it with six points. Australia in second with three, and Denmark, who is favored to get out of that group, sit one point in third with negative one goal differential, and Tunisia in fourth with one point. Group E currently sit with Spain, top of the group with four points. Japan second with three. Costa Rica in third with three and Germany sit fourth with one point. They'd only failed to get out of the group stage once Logan. And that was 2018. And now they're looking at maybe potentially not getting out of the group again. Now they can still do it. They can beat uh, Costa Rica and put them at four points and hope that Spain beats Japan and Germany, I think would get through with four points and Spain would have seven. Tough one there. Costa Rica needs a lot more help. They got negative six goal differential. They're going to have to really hope that uh, Spain batter Japan and Costa Rica beat Germany. That's what Costa Rica needs to get to get through this game. Group F currently sits with Croatia leading with four points. Morocco in second with four points. Belgium in third with three points. And Canada crashing out with zero points and a negative for goal differential a lot tighter in this group i think than we thought i mean actually canada probably should have three points they looked really good against belgium and just couldn't get it get in there and thank you joe uh for congratulating congratulating the u.s from iran uh thank you for that and you guys played a hell of a game so thank you for uh for that group g brazil Currently lead with six points. They're through. Switzerland in second with three points. Cameroon and Serbia with one. Serbia. Logan, you talked me into putting Serbia in the round of 16, and I, I was feeling pretty good. With, uh, Switzerland should be in. I should have kept Switzerland. I can't believe you you blaming me for your <laughs> shortcomings. <laughs> well, it's not just you. I heard from numerous people that were There's like, a lot of people that thought they would be, a dark be wild and they haven't been because they i think teams are people are looking for a croatia they've Jordan, given and up over, five goals they've given up five yeah. goals they're overlooking the real croatia of 2022 jordan it's the united states of america 
they're overlooking <laughs> the fact that the U.S. Yes. is going to play in the final against Brazil. It's going to be wild. Yes, and Group H, Portugal, six points. They're through. Ghana in second with three points. South Korea in third with one point, and Uruguay in fourth with one point. And guess what? Ghana faced Uruguay. Can they get the ultimate revenge on Luis Suarez and Uruguay for that handball in 2010 that denied an obvious goal, gave Ghana a penalty that they missed to not make it to the semifinals of the World Cup in 2010? Well, their path to get through is easy. Beat Uruguay, and they're through. So we'll see how this Ghana team handles it, this Uruguay team. Just too old at this point, I think, with Luis Suarez and Cavani up top. They've been kind of shuffling them around. Cavani started the last game, and Suarez got brought in. And uh, Nunez has not been good for Uruguay this tournament. So that's where we sit currently. The matchups for uh, Saturday, we've got one. 10 o'clock, Netherlands, USA so far. And then Sunday, at 2 o'clock is England-Senegal. So That's not who England probably wanted to see. I mean, they, they'd have to see him anyway. But. Uh, the English think that they'll probably batter them 6 nothing. Who are we kidding? Uh, I saw them saying they were going to beat Wales 6 nothing, And I was like, isn't this the same thing they said about us? <laughs> <laughs> we must be really damn good then. Like, that's how good we must be. <laughs> crazy uh yeah but that is where we currently sit with the world cup it has been a blast i've been filling out my panini sticker book after each game which has been fun Uh, i already put in i have i didn't come home and put in the new thing yet but i already had netherlands and senegal in their spots on the round of 16 stuff so i gotta put the usa and england in here and the scores from group b but yeah, I got Walker Zimmerman as a sticker this weekend. So I feel I feel really good about that. He's everywhere right now uh, in my life. So that's good. Uh, any last things before we get out of here? Logan, your thoughts on the World Cup as a whole that we've seen so far this 2022 World Cup? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I forget who was saying it. I think it might have been Landon Donovan. But, uh, and I think Alexi kind of alluded to it, but... I mean, Jordan, the, 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 I mean, I know it's going to change because we're going to let more teams into the World Cup, but talent from top to bottom now. I mean, uh, Australia, the, the, the Socceroos were not supposed to be um, as good as I, I think some people thought, and they've really impressed. They might be on the round of 16 if they take care of business tomorrow. I think they, all they do is get a draw. Um, they just can't lose tomorrow. Uh, or not tomorrow, it's tomorrow. I don't remember what it is, but for who? Australia. Oh, that's what I got to hold on. You're you just reminded me of something that I need to do. And that is talk about what games are coming up before the next uh, round of games. Uh, I just talked about Saturday. So tomorrow you're right. 10 o'clock is Tunisia, France and Australia, Denmark group C plays tomorrow at two o'clock. That's Poland, Argentina and Saudi Arabia versus Mexico. That's two o'clock Thursday. My wife's birthday. Croatia and Belgium at 10 a.m. Canada, Morocco at 10 a.m. And Group E, Japan, Spain at 2. Costa Rica, Germany at 2. And then, is it out? Korea, Portugal at 10. Ghana, Uruguay at 10. Serbia, Switzerland at 2. Cameroon, Brazil at 2. 
You're on mute. There we go. Um, <laughs> but like I said, I, the the talent from top to bottom, I think, has gotten – the gap has gotten closer. I think the teams are more competitive, which makes it more exciting for us, especially in 2026. Looking forward to 2026 is going to be a lot of fun just because I think the talent levels – of some of these young players. There's a lot of young generations coming through some of these bigger national teams. You got Spain, I think, is getting a youth movement. Portugal, once they get rid of Ronaldo, it's kind of a youth movement. I know the U.S. is in the same boat. Uh, England. <laughs> Ronaldo claiming that goal, by the way. Jeez, and yuck. then Adidas came out and said, no, yeah, nah. we can tell by the trajectory <laughs> that it wasn't. But who knows if they were being honest, too, because he's a Nike <laughs> right. uh, players. So I don't know. But, yeah, no, the talent's getting really good. But, Jordan, I think people underestimate, and this is kind of my final thought, I think the people really underestimate the magnitude of which in which the U.S. just got out of this group, which was, I mean, had the other groups of death. I think Germany's group is a group of death. But besides that, I mean, this team, this group was so evenly matched and then you had probably one of the top teams in the world in England sitting on top of it so you really only had your spots for three different places I just feel like I mean just one last like thought is just the fact that this American team is so good at what they've done and at such a young age you tweeted it at such a young age it is so impressive um, just because of how talented they are and the things that we can look forward to this is exactly what we wanted if we win this next game we should be head over heels thinking that 2026 could finally Jordan be a year where we really do compete for one of those final group uh, or sorry, one of those final rounds uh, in world cup in the round of, uh, I guess, 16 once that breaks up. So I don't know. Looking forward to it. This is from Bastian Schweinsteiger, by the way, uh, job done for today. In the end, a deserved win for the U- United States men's national team. Congratulations. They will definitely have a chance in the round of 16 against the Dutch. So thank you, Bastian Feinsteiger. We bow to you. He's one of my favorite players when I was growing up. So We're yes, so thank you, Bastian. Um, and yeah, th- this is, I, I I think this World Cup has been really great for all the people that were saying, I'm not really feeling it in this time of year. Uh, I think they've been proved wrong a bit. Uh, yes, we had a few nil-nils, but really this some of these games have been electric. And I think the later it gets in this tournament, the better it's been getting. So I think overall I'm really enjoying it. Yes. It sucks. It's at this time of year and it ended up sub- a corrupt nation hosting it, but you know, you can take what you get and I'm enjoying this world cup right now. USA, uh, England got huge numbers on the television, which is great. And I am so ready for this game on Saturday. And, uh, We'll have to talk offline, I think, about how we're setting that up if, if there's possibilities there. But uh, just keep your ears and eyes peeled for tweets and, and stuff about that. This is the episode for the week. So this is uh, we're not doing another one, I don't think, building up to it. But the game is on Saturday. I'm going to be wearing my new Waldo Olive and York kit. So I feel really good about that. And just knowing that I have a Waldo kit now, like that's that's sorted. Uh, I really hope 2026, they really make a new one. I'd love to buy an official one if they're going to make one, but I don't have high hopes with Nike right now. Okay, well, everybody, I just want to thank you all for coming on, listening if you've been listening to the podcast or watching if you've been watching us live. Thank you for all the comments. Like and subscribe. You can follow us on 
at Stateside Show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and email us statesideshow at gmail.com for any sort of feedback, questions, thoughts about the World Cup. Just feels good to be out here night driving again. I can't believe it's working. But yes, <laughs> it's working. Um, we'll see you all later. Go, go, USA. Throwing his body in, it's going to fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show, presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.